My name is Vida Sister Prince. Today is Tuesday, July 12, 1994, and I'm interviewing Gabrielle Wilson on her life for the Oral History Project Race and Memory in St. Louis. This is my independent study supported by the Missouri Historical Society. Gabrielle, I did go listen to your grandfather's tapes. Oh, at UMSL, mm -hmm. and uh, I had the transcript, and I, I, I listened uh, to his voice and read the transcripts at the same time, and mm -hmm. sometimes turned the tape off because I was anxious to read on. And it was it. spooky listening to it. I bet. I bet it was. What was spooky about it besides hearing his voice? Well, that was it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just to hear his voice, and it really sounded like he was speaking directly to me. And it, I, I just thought it was neat. I can't imagine what movie stars, families feel seeing them on the screen or listening to something. They, I, I just bubbled when I, I cried the whole time I was listening to yeah. it, but I felt great that yeah. day. It really did something for me. Well, he he was the, like the second black mm -hmm. doctor to have a practice in St. Uh -huh. Charles, but he did live in the he lived here in he St. Lived in the city, mm -hmm. and um, uh, were you close to him? Very, very close. Then he was he was Dr. Oliver Wendell, Wendell Holmes, Holmes Tyler. Tyler. Mm -hmm. That was my mother's father. Mm -hmm. And he said they came from Cadiz? Cadiz, Kentucky. Cadiz. Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Was your mother born here? Yes, she was born here. Um, well, tell, tell me how, as you were close to him, how... how Physically close, but emotionally close also. Uh, when I was born, my mother lived at home with my grandparents. It was a large extended family at that time, very common. My father was in the service. Both parents had been in the service. Mm -hmm. And uh, when my father... You were born in 1944. Mm -hmm, here in St. Louis. And when my father came home and they found an apartment, you just didn't move far from home. My grandparents were two blocks away and they were there all of my life. Uh, there was a path worn on the sidewalk between our house and my grandmother's because we were there that often. Always Sunday dinner. 52 weeks out of the year, plus any holidays that came up. I mean, we were always there. Children don't get that now. They don't have that luxury. Many families are spread apart by distance, not just in the same city. And here we were two blocks away. Did you see him much except on Sunday? Because no, not because of his hours. He worked very strange hours. Uh, he didn't get home before 10 o'clock at night, sometimes 10.30, coming from St. Charles. He had a long ride. He had a long ride, 22 miles, I think he said it was, from mm -hmm. the house to uh, the outskirts of St. Charles. But we went to his office periodically to see him, and he was pleased with that. He had a very slow and deliberate way of speaking, it yes. mm -hmm. I didn't know if that was because he was, uh, but very straight. Very, very straight, fart, very, I would imagine he was probably the most honest person alive, and if he told you something, you better believe it was the truth. Yeah, sounded like somebody you might want to know. Mm-hmm.
Easy. Very easy to get along with, but very uh, determined about many issues, and he could not be wavered. Uh, I think that was brought up. I think mm -hmm. he said something like that. Uh, what What did he did he Did he pass something on to you that that you remember? Determination. He told all of us. He had six grandchildren, and he told all of us, "There is nothing you can't accomplish if you want it bad enough. Nothing will hold you back." And I've always remembered that. And there have been times when I felt like I couldn't do, and I can, I can hear his voice, mm -hmm. and you finish it. Mm -hmm. um, where was, what neighborhood did you live in? Uh, I grew up on Enright. My grandfather's house was in the 4100 block, and I lived mainly in the 4300 block of Enright. And back then, it was a fashionable neighborhood, uh, pretty much like where I live now. Uh, well-kept homes, well-manicured lawns, very quiet, very peaceful. Neighbors knew everyone on the block. Whether they were friends or not was a different story, but you knew everyone that was there. Was it integrated at all? When I was born, yes. But as I grew older, no. Um, you had brothers and sisters? Mm -hmm, one of each. Where, where do you fit in? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Um, and your other grandparents? Uh, were from Louisiana. Uh -huh. And they moved here to St. Louis when I was maybe five. Uh, my parents bought a large house on Enright, and uh, they came to live with us then. Um, different set of circumstances altogether, of course. They sold everything they had to move here. My father was an only child, and they wanted to be with him. Um, how did your parents meet? In the service. Oh, your mother was in the service? Both of them. Mm -hmm. What was she? Um, Mom was a lieutenant, and my father was a master sergeant. In? The Army. In the Army? Mm-hmm. And they met, uh, I think, in Texas. That's where they married. How did your mother happen to do that? She uh, became a nurse and uh, decided to join the Army, and that's how she met my father. Oh. Where did your mother go to school here? Uh, grade, um, well, all right, that's a long story. Grade school, she bounced around. My grandfather had two sisters who were teachers, and my Aunt B taught at Riddick School, and all of the children and grandchildren went at least to kindergarten at Riddick because that's where Aunt B was. My Aunt Jenny was at Cole School, and Mom went to both schools <laughs> and uh, finished at Sumner High School. And then from here she went to Washington and went to Howard and went to uh, Freeman for nursing school there. But all of the grandchildren went to the aunts here. And your dad um, had finished everything. Let's mm -hmm. see, they met in the service. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what did he ultimately do? He was a cartographer for the Army Records Center. In the Army? Mm -hmm. What did he do when he got out? Same, oh, same thing, thing. At the same thing here. Mm -hmm. At the um, 
right? Yeah, it's out of the plant, out on um, Page. Page. Um, what was it? Um, so you're painting a pretty warm family picture. Okay. <laughs> uh, what What did you do for for leisure, your family? Together? Mm hmm Yeah. Would you go um, like on a Saturday or a Sunday? Or my part, mother Parts of the city, would you? Or, or my mother was a nurse when I was growing up. And uh, because of the way she worked, we didn't do a lot together on a regular basis. I guess it's kind of hard to explain. Most of the time she did private duty. Mm. So you either planned ahead for things or they happened. It just that's the way it worked. Um, she worked at night so that there would be somebody at home during the day and there was always someone home at night so that we never had babysitters. It was always someone home. And uh, she might work a seven or eight day stretch and then take off for a couple of days. It all depended on what would happen. And then sometimes she did get, take a regular job through one of the hospitals here. Uh, we went on picnics. We went to the zoo. We loved to go for rides. Uh, Sunday afternoon, you'd get in the car and just drive. Just drive for miles. Any direction? Any direction. Uh, was your mother affiliated with all the hospitals? Or was it Homer G? Or what was that? She How started that her training. Well, she got her, her uh, training here when she finished nursing school at Homer G. But I remember her taking cases at Barnes and in Cornet Word. Um, DePaul, all over. She went to Freeman for nursing. Nursing. Mm -hmm. And what did she have to do when she came When back? she came here, she got a job right at um, Homer Phillips. But she didn't have to take any training. She I, I don't really remember. I kind of remember her talking about it, but I was a little girl and I just, uh, I can't picture that right now. Okay. Um, did you, did you, and you, you were brought up in the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. in, the, in what church did you St. Anne was our parish. So your school, when did you begin to go to Catholic school? Uh, I went to cathedral grade school for the third grade. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we all went to my Aunt B for kindergarten, so and I stayed there. You know, like I want her for a year, and I want her for a year? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I never went to my Aunt Jenny's school. I don't know what happened in between there. I think that it just just a welcome truce. But I started kindergarten at Riddick and went there for a couple of years and then went to Cathedral and my brother and sister also did the same thing. Um, my Aunt B had been teaching there forever and I was the only child in the family for years. So I knew all of the basics long before age five and my Aunt B persuaded my mother to let me go to kindergarten at age three. So unofficially, I went to kindergarten for two and a half years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were, you had an early start. I had, well, it was like the early learning programs here, I suppose. Um, when did you become aware that there were people whose skin was a different color than yours? When I went to 
third grade, I guess I was aware of it on a regular basis. Before then, I'm sure I knew, but it was not a big deal. And I remember when I told some of the kids at grade school that I wasn't coming back the next year, that's when the horror stories came in. And I remember being very frightened my first day of Catholic school, and there were no problems ever. What were the horror stories? I, I was too little to remember. I was seven then. And I you just mean about being with white people? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I had never seen, seen one before. Right are spoken with anybody mm -hmm. before that wasn't it. It was just this was something maybe that just happened at school mm -hmm. and you better be careful. That kind of thing. Did you wore a uniform? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And uh, and you went all through the Catholic. Mm-hmm. From third grade on. Um and that what what was it like to were were, were there many uh Colored Negro no children. You knew there were other children there. You saw them. You said hello, and that was it. Um, my principal would never have allowed any problems at that grade school. If something happened, I never knew about it, mm -hmm. and I never spoke to another child who mentioned that there had been a problem, that there had been a slur or anything mm -hmm. like that. We just were not aware of it. Mm -hmm. and you, Never. And you were able to go to people's houses and play? And they, um, did that take place? No, that didn't take place. And I think the reason for that was not because we would not have been welcome, but we didn't live in the neighborhood. Um, we weren't members of the Cathedral Parish. We still belonged to St. Anne. And we, I walked about eight blocks from my house to school. Well, everybody else lived much closer, mm -hmm. and you just didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So it was a little different. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, your grandfather had two different, maybe you can help clear it up. Um, I mean, of course, when you're doing the history and you're reading it, you get a little bit of this, and mm -hmm. you never get quite the full story. Um, but he talked about the time when uh, one of his children said, and I wrote it down, Dad, come on, let's, let's go in the theater. And he said, it hurt me to my heart that I couldn't take them in because I was a Negro. Mm -hmm. um, later on, he, when he set up his practice, uh, or, or maybe before, he said this, they thought I was everything but a Negro. Mm -hmm. They didn't think I was a Negro. Uh, his father, grandfather was a Jew, he mm -hmm. said. Um, and then he said a patient once said to him, I didn't know you waited on Negroes. Mm -hmm. You're handing me a photograph. Yeah. And then he said he couldn't tell, he was saying, to the, I guess the person who was interviewing that he couldn't tell uh, his wife or his children by the photos, couldn't tell mm -hmm. what they were. Um, they could go everywhere and his children could go to white barber shops or his son or um, And that his children went to the best schools. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was kind of wondering, in between, 
thing, I don't know if it was the times or what, what was the difference when they said they wanted to go in the theater and he couldn't take them to the point where they could go anywhere and now I'm going to look at the picture. Yeah, right. I am guessing, I do know that they went to all the movie theaters when they were children at different times. I did also before the theaters were integrated. Uh, I think he was afraid to make a scene and have the children witnesses, so he just never tried. Uh, if you look at the picture, my grandmother took them just about everywhere they wanted to go. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going to the Fox before it was integrated, and I'm certain looking at me right now, you go, well, I know you're not white. Yes, but back then, people kind of questioned what you look like. Yeah, no, it's... Um, uh, See, and I'm tanned. Yeah, but I'm probably darker mm -hmm. than you are. Um, I, I think that uh, it would be difficult to, to tell. And, and people, I don't know, tell me how that went. Did people, you know, ask you if you were something else yes. or, or Spanish or yes. Italian or whatever? I was asked many times. And when I, when I was a small child, I was confused. I, first of all, I didn't know what they meant. And then when I figured out what they did mean, I didn't know how to answer that because I didn't know what the repercussions would be. Can you give me a, um, uh, a, a, an experience, like, to spell out what you're saying, um, a time that you're thinking of? You didn't know what they were saying. What was it that they were saying? Um, no, of course, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything specific right now. Well, when you went to the Fox, was it? Uh, I remember being told to wait in the car. And I went with another relative, and she went and bought the tickets, came back to the car, and took my hand, and we walked right in. I mean, she was holding the tickets. Obviously, it was okay for us to go in. I remember people looking like, well, I wonder where she came from, but no one said anything. Um, I remember going downtown with my grandmother. That was also your perception of what they were thinking when they were mm -hmm. looking at you. They might have been thinking, what a cute little girl. I don't think so. I don't think so. We were never made aware of problems at home growing up. No one ever told us to expect a problem when we left the house. I had no reason to ever think I couldn't go anywhere. But there were times when it came up, you just wonder, well, what had happened? Why, why can't we go in? What's going on? We never knew. It just was never discussed. Mm -hmm. um, I'm following you, and I'm hearing what you're saying, but parts of it, uh, it helped me out with the fact that it wasn't discussed at home, yet um, you were aware of something mm -hmm. that um, something's different. Mm -hmm. Don't know why. Don't know why it's wrong. Maybe to be different. <laughs> what did I do to cause this different? But it's different. Mm -hmm. And my motto always will just be quiet and listen and see what happens next. Because you were usually with adults mm -hmm. that you were yeah that you were comfortable with. Sure. So 
never worried that something could happen. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember hearing anything like on the news. Uh, newspapers were available. I don't ever remember seeing that. Maybe it was. Maybe I was sheltered. So you're saying you did not know that the Negro people at that time would go use that word or color um, could not go in the fox. No, I didn't know. You didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but I remember when. I first heard that it was okay, then it clicked, well that's why they were staring at me. Oh. Um, when you would say to a friend, or would you, I went to the Fox? No one believed me. No one believed me. No one believed mm -hmm. that you went to the Fox? How did you get there? Well, I went with Grandma, I went with so-and-so. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You passed by, but you didn't go in. Oh, yes, I did. Now, were these your friends mm -hmm. at school at that school. were white? Mm -hmm. So you're telling them yep. naturally that sure. you went to the Fox. What'd you do this weekend? You know, uh -huh. well, I played baseball. Oh, I went to see a movie at the Fox. No, you didn't. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, I did. My grandma took me. And they never pushed it, so it was just kind of teasing back and forth. I don't believe you went there. Well, I don't believe you went on vacation. So what? Let's play. And that's it. Only they know you really didn't go. Well, they knew it was did. impossible. Right. That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> when I look back on it now, I wonder why I never asked questions. But. There was no reason to. I went everywhere I wanted to go until about the fifth or sixth grade. And I remember that vividly. School picnics. Uh, Chain of Rocks Park. Still at Cathedral. Still at Cathedral. And um, I know the priests and nuns never would have done this to us had they known. But we went to the park and everybody's riding on the rides and everything is fine until some of the kids wanted to go swimming. And they were told at the gate they could not go. Now, I, I didn't swim, so that was not a problem for me. But I remember them turning one little boy away. and. He couldn't understand why he wanted to go swimming. And they said, well, no, you know you can't come in here. And he says, well, why not? I can swim. And they said, we don't care if you can swim or not. You cannot come in here. And he says, why not? And it was just kind of bantering back and forth. And he said, well, you let my brother in. And sure enough, his brother was swimming. They didn't know. You overheard this? Oh, yeah. I overheard that. My mother was living. That it happened? That it happened. That they took you to a place that the priests and nuns yeah. put you all in that position? All in that position. And of course she went back to school with us the next day and complained about it and they were bending over backwards. We did not know. And she understood that they didn't know. But she had to yell at somebody. Do you remember how it was resolved? We never went back. The school never went. Back. I mean, what did they do with that little boy? 
he was not allowed to swim, and they got his brother out of the pool. They did? Oh, yeah. What a terrible moment for His everybody. mother was there. She handled it. Mm -hmm. When she realized what was going on, she got her son out. Um, well, that must have made an impression on you. I'll never forget it. Did it... So that was... You were beginning to see a lot of mm -hmm. things. Sixth and seventh grade is... About, about sixth grade, I guess, maybe. That is what age? Uh, I was 11. 11. Um... Did you, did you take this home and say, Mom, Dad? I remember them talking about it maybe once afterwards, and that was it. This wasn't something that affected us on a daily basis. And we were told that these were ignorant people who ran this particular spot. And if they don't want us there, we won't go back. Mm -hmm. So we never went back. Um, you are very, very light. Um, I have talked to a number of people who have, and they brought this up, the color in the color, within the color, that there are names, you know, and everybody seems to have a different way of, of using the names, mm -hmm. and some of them are very pretty ways of explaining, mm -hmm. and, and instead of the Caucasian, you're ruddy, mm -hmm. which is not really, but it's honey, or mm -hmm. coffee, coffee, ole or coffee something, ole. yes, mm -hmm. but they're very nice, and I was wondering if if you felt you were um, a particular color of, or how do you, how do you how do you do with the colors or the words? I guess because I'm older, I don't think about it anymore. I oh, really, I know. I'm, I'm really asking. I'm asking yeah. everybody to think about things that they don't think about every yeah. day. Yeah. It still happens. I get, I guess if you're asking about harassment, I'm more harassed by black people than I am by white. Um, you get over it. I mean, you ignore it. You assume people who make references to skin color are just plain ignorant. Um, in talking with other people, you have to use that as a description in ordinary conversation. Mm -hmm. um, if, I, if someone were to ask me what you look like, mm -hmm. the first thing I see is your hair. You have beautiful hair. Mm -hmm. If your hair were blonde or black or a solid color, it wouldn't attract my attention like your salt and pepper hair does now. So when you start to describe somebody, um, I think the first thing you mentioned is their hair, their height, she wears glasses, or she doesn't. When that's not an issue, where else do you go but skin color? And, and you have to mention that someone is either brown skin, light skin, black, or whatever. And it amazes me 
with white people nowadays, they are embarrassed to use that in many cases, no matter how liberal they are. And it's just a fact of life. If somebody's got a huge nose, you're not going to pretend like it's not there. So what 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 do white people do? They, they well, they'll they'll dance around it. In what how? Honey? Well, she's short. Oh yes, she, well she's short. Yes, and um, she has her, uh, long hair or hairs in a ponytail or it's real short. And um, uh, she wears a lot of jewelry. Uh huh. But you go ahead and say, it, lady, she's black. Black. It's really okay. Yeah. It's just a description. Mm -hmm. How else would you know? There could be two people that fit that same yeah. description, except one's black and one's white. Yeah. Throw it out there and get over with it. It's um, it's interesting today because it is um, they put so many roadblocks mm -hmm. up because we're so that we don't. And the which word is acceptable? Yes. Come on, folks. And it, and it sort of just depends on mm -hmm. who you're speaking to. Uh, I had that. I did something like that the other day. Um, somebody had waited on me, and he was he was black, and there were two people, and I was wanted to refer to him, and I thought, do I say it? Do I, you mm -hmm. know? And um, who am I speaking to? How are they going to perceive it? You never know. You never. And it sometimes I'm certain people feel like no matter what I say, I'm going to be wrong. Mm -hmm. So then you have people who ask, well, how do you prefer to be addressed? And I usually say Mrs. Wilson because <laughs> why not? Sure, give them a little mm -hmm. trouble. Um, tell me, uh, if you would, uh, about the black community with somebody who's fair or lighter skinned. When I was a small child, I guess it all depends on where you grew up, what people said to you. Um, I always felt like, and I still do, dark-skinned people felt like we didn't belong. And we were pushed no matter where you went or what you did, you were trying not to be black. Mm -hmm. I love that expression now, she's trying to be, because I can't be any more than I already am. Um, it was a detriment to be light-skinned, like you had control over it. I'm sorry, blame my parents, they're responsible for this. Um, I never wanted to be any more or less than I already was. My likes and dislikes were not programmed because somebody wanted me to be different. It's I happen to like chocolate ice cream and I just do. Uh, I'm not a big strawberry ice cream fan. It makes no difference where I come from. That's just the way I am. So you learn at an early age to keep some of your preferences to yourself. Once you catch on, somebody is going to pick up on that. Mm -hmm. um, music, for instance. Had I told anyone when I was a child that I listened to country and western music, I would have been laughed off the block. We were exposed to all types of music as children. 
everyone in our family played a musical instrument. We had everything from opera down to rhythm and blues and anything in between. And you learn to Think that you what did you want to pass on to your children that you think was important for the only thing I think I have ever consciously tried to instill in my children is acceptance of other people no matter who they are and I've tried to surround them with people period who were like-minded I don't care where you come from or what you do, you can be an okay person. Mm -hmm. And I will not tolerate anything less than that around me. I have had to, I have lost friends because of it, because I don't agree with the way they speak in front of children. Adults are entitled to their opinions, whether they're right or wrong. But when it presents a different image to children, I think you ought to keep your mouth shut. You know, I'm going to swing back here to your grandfather again because I think you said something and I think mm -hmm. it's really important when I brought up the fact that or your explanation of what you felt was maybe when they were little mm -hmm. he didn't take them someplace because he was afraid there would be repercussions mm -hmm. and he was, he didn't want that to happen mm -hmm. to them. But when they were older Am I understanding it right? They mm -hmm. were on their own, and sure. so these things, they could go here and they could go there, but mm -hmm. they were doing it themselves. And I think that's, I think it's such a wonderful kind of love and protection and that he was giving them. I just want to be sure I mm -hmm. understood that correctly. I had a party once many years ago and I invited a lot of people from work and for some reason a few days before the party I had talked with my grandfather on the phone and I mentioned to him that I was going to have people come by Friday night just off the top of my head I said grandpa why don't you come by on your way home from work I, I hadn't planned this mm -hmm. and maybe I really didn't expect him to but he did he stayed maybe five minutes. He talked about that over and over again afterwards because he said that was the first time he had seen that many people in one room that were that different, diverse, different cultural backgrounds and whatever. Everybody's sitting around talking and laughing and having a good time and he said it made him feel so good to see just how far things had come. And this was back, I'd say the middle 60s. Um, were these people that you had um, gone to school with? How did, some how were did you find your friends? Some were people I had gone to school with. Some were people that I just knew, maybe people that I had worked with at other places and mm -hmm. people from my, you know, the job that I had then from all over the city of St. Louis. And uh, 
parties then were very quiet. There's music on the background, and they were probably drinking, but there was nobody mm -hmm. drunk, nobody silly. Just sitting around. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about, you, you said you always lived in the Central West End, mm -hmm. and um, uh, sort of give me a little bit of um, where you, uh, where you did work. You were a secretary? Yeah, for a long time. I worked for Angelica Uniform Company um, for about three years. I worked um, for Washington University mm -hmm. at the med school for a year or so. Is a secretary mm -hmm. to one person? Uh, four or five people. I was hired as a secretary for the director of minority affairs, but I ended up working for several people in that office. I also worked at... Uh, what, what, what was the years there? I left there in 73 or 4, mm -hmm. so 70, 73, somewhere along in there. I worked at uh, Ralston Purina many, many years ago when my oldest daughter was in preschool. I've had all kinds of jobs, but most have been um, office-oriented. Uh, we keep running into each other mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at lectures, yeah. uh, and um, uh, it's been about three or four times, so that either means that we're interested in the same thing or we choose the same. And I still don't remember the first time I saw you. The first time was at the uh, library downtown that was with Julius Hunter. With Julius. Was that in? Yeah. Mm. And who was that other gentleman that moved out of town? He was the builder or he was, no, Johnson or something? He was so, spoke so well. He was so impressive. No, but he wasn't a builder. He had a business. I'm mistaken, but it, I think his name was Johnson. I don't remember. Uh, I really don't remember. Very powerful. Um, so, let me see. For coffee. When you, when you were younger, um, did you participate in things like the, uh, the Y? During the summer, yeah, a couple of times. I didn't like it. We didn't go very much because mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Because? Um, I guess I was kind of lazy, and a lot of it was running and jumping and climbing and stuff like that, and I wasn't interested. And People were of the opinion, I guess, if kids were very active, they kind of stayed out of trouble, and I just didn't care for that. I would have loved to have gone to the library, sat with a stack of books, and been fine. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother involved us in a lot of summer programs, primarily because we had to have something to do, you know, with her working. Uh, we took uh, voice and drama classes and things like that. That was fine, but this, why business? No, I wasn't crazy about it. Mm -hmm. My Aunt B threatened to send me to camp every We're summer. And no. I prayed, I just Dairy prayed, Cot, Camp Derricott, yes, that was it. And I kept saying, please God, not that. I mean, I, I knew I'd never <laughs> managed. 
I want my comforts. Yeah, she kept saying, it'll be a wonderful experience. I kept saying, oh, no, 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 not camp. <laughs> um, what, were, what are some of the things that you think that um, uh, that you would want people to know about your growing up time? If people were going to think about or, or, or listen to you, or listen to this tape, and and hear someone who grew up at a certain time. What do you think would be important for them to know? I think anybody who's seen any of the old movies, like Summer of '44 or whatever, and they laugh about how laid back things were, it's the honest to God truth. It's kind of like everything was in slow motion. Things were just calm and relaxed, and people did get along, and there was not the pressure that people seem to feel now. Um, everything that happened back then, of course, was not idealistic, but when you look back at it compared to the way things are now, yes, it was. It was Leave it to Beaver back in the 50s. It really was. We didn't grow up with the things that kids have to deal with now. This is scary. I'd never make it as a kid now. And, and you're referring to, to which things? <laughs> just life in general. Just the things that they have. Just listening to the news and the things that they have to go through just to get into a school building. I mean, they're mm -hmm. practically frisked. I can't imagine going through that every day and sitting still and trying to learn. I just can't imagine that. I think that would constantly be on my mind. It's amazing uh, that when you say you would like to go to the library and just have said you didn't need to be busy like that, um, there is, it's like, um, and it's been for about 20 years before this, that if people didn't have something to do, they would get in trouble, you know. Mm -hmm. And it, instead of just playing around in mm -hmm. your house, it doesn't seem to work that way. Um, all right, I'm. Um, you were pretty comfortable going any place mm -hmm. in St. Louis, South. Always have North. been. And um, did you go? To, did you do things like the Vale Prophet Parade? Oh yes! Oh my God! That was a big deal when we were little. Mm -hmm. My father had a friend who was a maintenance man that uh, worked at several of the big apartment buildings on Lindell. Mm -hmm. And every year, if there was a vacancy in October when the parade should still be, if there were a vacancy and it was in the front of the building, that's where we saw the parade from. So we were never outside. Oh, you did? Yeah, we got to stay indoors <laughs> and watch the parade. So we never got cold. Uh, oh, I remember that myself. Mm -hmm. uh, did you go to ball games? Did you do anything like that? I didn't go to ball games, but my brother and sister did. Mm -hmm. My father took them. I wasn't really interested. Did everybody go to Catholic school? Mm-hmm. 
Um, how did your How did your upbringing differ from your children's? What did you and your husband do? That, that I mean, just. Uh, my husband and I tried to spend time with the kids when they were little together. When I was a little girl, we didn't have that kind of luxury because both parents worked and it was rare that they were both off at the same time. So one parent had the children at different times. We didn't do a lot together. Um, and I guess I'd really be hard-pressed to think of different things that we did do. Well, we didn't, all, didn't even go to church together most of the time. It, it was just difficult, but it was normal because everybody else's parents were doing the same things. I forgot to ask you, and I was wondering, did you, did you ever go back to, to Kentucky, to the family back there? Oh, I sensed the last time I spoke with you about um, the genealogy research. Uh -huh. Yes, I've been. I went uh, last year. When you were a little girl? Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't know. It. I knew that my grandfather came from Kentucky. I mean, that's all he talked about. But we were never taken back there to visit when we were children. I, did. I went for the first time last year. Why did he come here? More opportunity. There was nowhere to go then. Um, I did not realize this when I was a child. Um, even in high school and college, reading the textbooks, the dates never meshed with me. It just never occurred to me that the time that some of my family lived through were times of persecution. Yes. I, I just had no idea. And I did not learn all of this until last year when I started my own genealogy research. It was never mentioned. I had no idea, for instance, that on my mother's side of the family, there were slaves. And we're not talking that many generations back. I had no idea. In fact, when I went to the library and was asking for help in locating certain names because I had gone through the regular channels, I'd gone through the census books, and they weren't there. And I said, this is crazy. I know they were there. So I went to the librarian and I said, you know, I'm looking for these people and they're not in the book. And I said, why not? And she says, well, honey, maybe the census people missed them. And I said, well, how could they? I mean, they've been there for ages and I'm picturing this huge house. Not that anyone told me they had one, but back in the back of my head, surely they had a large house. And she said, well, did you try this and did you try that? And I said, well, yes, and they're not there. And finally she went, she just went chalk white. And she said, did it ever occur to you that possibly they weren't free? And I said, excuse me? And she said, well, judging by the dates you gave me, maybe they were slaves. I had a case of the vapors. Not that. I, I couldn't even answer her. And she said, are you all right? And I said, yeah. I think so. And she said, I'm sorry. And I said, I didn't know. She said, obviously. I had no idea. Mm. It was never discussed. I knew about my father's family. 
but it never transcended the border to me. Yes. Well, it's a very difficult thing to comprehend. And then as you get deeper into the research and you find out how to locate some people, and as I began to find names going through the listings, I take it gives you chills. It just gives you chills. Did it make you very angry? I cried. I'm sitting in the public library crying like an idiot. I tear up easily. You see that. I can't help it. That's just, I've always been like that. Then I got angry for more than one reason. I was angry that it happened. I was angry that there was, uh, that we weren't told. Mm -hmm. And in my writings that I am doing now about the research, I've tried to express that. I said, I wonder why no one ever told us. And I guess they thought we were smart enough to figure it out on our own. But I think it would have helped just in the discussion of education alone. My grandfather placed such a high value on education and of course once I realized all of this I understood why because it had been denied for so long. And maybe some of us would have tried harder had we just realized where he was coming from. It never occurred to me. Never, never occurred to me. Passing down information is um it's, it's such a personal thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we if we sat here and tried to figure out why he this and that mm -hmm. and then this one, why they they were protecting you, they were doing the, you know, I suppose, um, and yet it could have been presented in a in a way. It's Holocaust survivors mm -hmm. often pull back this, and the children know something, but it's. I remember the first time I met a lady who was a survivor of the Holocaust. It did not come up in conversation. She's still alive. She's a shoe salesman. And she was helping me try on a pair of shoes, and she wore a long sleeve blouse. I know her. And the sleeve came up. I saw the numbers, and I burst into tears. Famous, Famous brand. brand. Hilda. This was six, eight years ago. I was in a perfectly good mood when I went in. I wasn't upset about anything. I took one look at that woman's arm. I burst into tears. She dropped the shoes and she held me. She would. Oh my, I, I can see her face and I look for her whenever I go in there now. And she says, honey, don't cry. It's not your fault. And we were both able to laugh then. You tell her sister said hello. Yeah, oh God. Mm. It's difficult. Um, three different things I want to talk with you about. Civil rights. Um, did that, did, did you have any um, part of that? Did you follow it? You saw it on the news. You read it in the newspaper. And this is going to sound horrible, but this didn't happen to me. It wasn't mm -hmm. here. It's like, it was almost like reading of um, a civil war in another country. This was happening in Georgia or Alabama or Mississippi, but it wasn't happening here because we don't have things like that. When you were young, you never experienced a salesperson not 
waiting on you or no. even when you were older. If something like that happened, first of all, I went to Catholic school. And in Catholic school, you were taught to wait your turn. So many times, other people may have felt slighted because they weren't handled right away. I would have assumed it wasn't my turn and just stood there like an idiot and waited. I don't ever remember that happening to me younger. There have been occasions now, and I'm not looking forward. I don't carry this with me when I leave the house. There are times when it slaps you in the face and you know what's going on and I just stand there and wait my turn. I'm not going to go away. Um, your mother was a very modern woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, to be in the uh, army, I mm -hmm. suppose it was. Um, did she go overseas at all? Yeah. I was almost born in France. Oh, they were married in the in the army. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Was your father is is light? No. No. Um, but your mother was. Oh yeah. Another thumbgram. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. And that's you. That's me. Oh. Mama was short, is short, she's shorter than I am, and uh, was kind of heavy, and the army clothes were baggy, so she just never mentioned it till they decided they were shipping her unit out, and she panicked and said, I can't do this, I've got to go home. Oh, so she did Yeah. Home. So she, she, didn't, she didn't get overseas. But your dad? Did you know yeah, he was uh, in the Philippines when I was born. Well, now what unit was he with? I'm certain I have all this in my baby book, but I don't know this off the okay. top of my head. Um, I think the last thing I want to ask you about is um, the public accommodations. When things did change in St. Louis and you were able to legitimately go everywhere, <laughs> did you, um, let's see, that was around 64 or something like that, I believe, was it? I don't really you know. You don't really know? I don't really um, know. Somewhere around there. Um, what, you just went anyway? I mean, did you think about it? Did, no. I have never, ever been turned away from any place I wanted to go. The incident that I told you about at that pool was the first time I was aware things like that happened. Um, shopping downtown, I know now that you couldn't legitimately eat at the lunch counters. I went with my grandma. I always went with my grandma. So you went everywhere? I went everywhere. After that that place, after that happened then, 
at, I mean, at the swimming pool, mm -hmm. and you became aware, and you were a little bit, it was a little bit more personalized than mm -hmm. a friend of yours or this, you knew, now you knew. I don't mm -hmm. know, was that the time you really knew? What was I, that there was a time I really knew. Yeah. I mean, was, would you say that was the point? Yeah. Where you really knew? Where you really knew what? Mm -hmm. What did you really know? Tell me. I really knew that there was a basis to the word prejudice because I'd heard it, but it didn't mean anything to me. And I knew things like that happened somewhere away. Yeah. They didn't happen here. And then I found out that they did. So when you went with your grandma to other places mm -hmm. after that, you, you knew then that you were doing something that or you didn't think what it wasn't it? us it was somebody else it was always somebody else you weren't part of it no I guess I wasn't didn't know why I wasn't or why I should have been but no it that happens to other people but it doesn't happen to us so you knew you were colored or Negro whatever, mm -hmm. whichever you used you knew that you mm -hmm. knew that 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 people, colored people, were not supposed to be where you mm -hmm. were. But, but some people could go and it was okay. And obviously it was okay for me. And, and you didn't know that it was because you were a fair skin? Mm -hmm. You didn't know mm -hmm. that? No. When did you know that? I don't know. You know, it's one of those things you've, you think you've always known something. It's just... One day it's there and it's okay, that's what it is. You know it now? Yeah, I know it now. And I didn't figure it out yesterday, but I don't I don't know when. You don't know when you no. Do. Is there anything you want to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think really that um, I may think of something else and I and I may be back if, if you'll allow oh, me. Oh sure. All right. Sure. Okay, thank you very much, Gabrielle. Oh, you're now looking at a family tree, and everybody has a French name. That's just on my dad's on side of the front family. There's your brother and sister, Julien Rose mm -hmm. and Duan. Duan Pierre. Duan Pierre. And then, so this is, this was your father? This is my father. Gabriel. Gabriel Holton. Gabriel. You say it. Gabriel Holton Jacquet, uh -huh. and here's my mother, Mary Gwendolyn Tyler, and then here's the grandfather you talked to me about. Mm -hmm. She says, I can't get all that name in there. I said, oh, yes, you yes, can. You I, I, no, <laughs> I said, I won't settle for less. And that was Grandma. I'd love to know why they, why the Oliver Wendell Holmes Um. I don't know if there were if there was a story behind it. I don't know. His this was his father, and of course he wasn't a junior, so obviously they maybe had high hopes for him. Where do you feel that the people who were slaves would have been? Oh God, they're all over back here. Oh yeah, down here in the roots. Down here in the roots. Uh, for instance. On Daddy's side of the family, 
that's the easiest. I've, I've been able to find the most out of his father's family. It's his mother's family that I'm having trouble with. This name here, his name is Hippolyte Joseph. That was my great-grandfather. He was a slave brought here from Jamaica. And I cannot find anything about him at all. I have no idea if he was a child when he came here. We'll let the machine get it. Oh, go ahead. Nah. We don't know if he was an adult when he got here or if he was a child. I have found him on paper at age 22. But we're talking time now. So the time before that, how I'm going to find him, I don't know. But I, I can locate everybody else that's on there. And where, how did you find him on paper? Census. Oh, the census. Mm -hmm. Where did that census stop that you were talking about? What do you mean? Well, when you found the people that... When I found him, that was it. I uh, found oh. one reference to him alone, and that's it. Everybody else I can go a little bit farther with. I guess that happens to a lot of oh, people. Oh, it's they awful. Find, they find that out. It's just awful. You you cannot imagine the frustration you feel. Like normally, for someone who has never looked at anything like this, you go, well, all right, you know your grandparents maybe. A lot of people don't even know their grandparents. And you go, well, all right, my great-grandmother's name was. And you look for them on a census record, and they're not there. And you go, well, she told me she always lived in such and such a spot. Well, the people at the library or whatever will tell you, all right, people moved a lot. Maybe she wasn't like in St. Louis at that time. Maybe she really lived uh, in Fenton. So you've got to broaden your records. Well, sometimes they're just not on there. And that's what happened to me when I got down to here. These people I could find, you get down to here and they're lost. They're just lost. They're not there. And you say, but I know they've lived here. You know, one time I had a, I've got a marriage license. And I said, here's the marriage license. They were married right here. What do you mean they didn't live there? Oh, no, ma'am. They couldn't possibly have lived here. During the time of slavery, when people were freed, sometimes they were allowed to take their owner's names, sometimes not. Sometimes they opted not to take the owner's name. So when black people start researching family histories, and you've been, say, Smith all your life, and then all of a sudden you hit a brick wall, and there are no Smiths left, where do you go? Smith may have been a name that somebody saw written on a billboard, and that's the name they took. And your family could be living right underneath that billboard, and you never know it. On my chart here, I wish this were written better so you could see it. I mean, I know these people now because I've been playing with them so long. This is Jean-Baptiste Jacquet. All right, he is Pierre's father, and Pierre was my great-grandfather. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jean-Baptiste took his last name from his father's only name. His father's name was Jacquet, okay. and his mother's name was Rosiane. They both belong to a man, this should be in parentheses, as written on the census records, de Rosemont Berard. We do not know, nor will I ever know, 
if either one or both of them could have been his children. And he just he has this name from that was the that name was he was he was given. And when his son married here, he took his father's first name as his last name. Over here, the woman he married, her name was Celeste. So actually, Pierre mm -hmm. only had the name of Pierre no. when he was born. This one. This is Pierre's grandfather. Here. Grandfather. Mm -hmm. but, but you said he took that name. He took. What, 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 what was his name before? All right. You're, you're losing me. Right here. Uh -huh. This is John Baptiste. Jean Baptiste Jacquet. He took his father's first name, first and right, only and name, made last and name. made it his last name. So he had no last he name. He had no that's, last that's name. That's what I was trying yeah. to get at, but I had the wrong person. Now, he could very well have been the...